Welcome to Magic School, where you'll learn how to level up every aspect of your life and make your everyday magical, one step at a time, with magic that works. I'm your host, Vervain, and this is what I do. I help people claim their power and level up the witchy way. I'm on a mission to fill the world with beauty, grace, and magic, and to help others find and share the magic within themselves. I do this through divinatory coaching, by co-creating and holding space within Oil Coven, and by creating magical content like this. Divinatory coaching is my approach to tarot reading and other types of divination, whereby I help you craft empowering questions and divine inspiring answers to gain the confidence you need to make the decisions that matter most to you and take action where it really counts. Oil Coven is my online circle of badass witches from around the world who are brought together by our mutual desire and commitment to leveling up with plant magic. We use plant magic in the form of Young Living Essential Oils and the power of collective vision to level up our wellness, our magic and manifestations, our relationships and community, our abundance, and so much more. You can learn more about Oil Coven and my divinatory coaching services by visiting my website at vervainandtheroses.com. What's up, witches? Welcome to Magic School. On today's episode of Welcome to Magic School, we're going to be talking about a very complex and sometimes sensitive subject. I'm going to be sharing with you an introduction to shamanic journeying with the caveat, with many caveats, but with most especially the caveat that what I'm sharing is from my personal experience. I do not claim to be any sort of expert. I am not, um, I am not, I have not read up on this as much as I could have. I have not been officially trained in this. I'm just trying to say that um, I have no credentials in the field of shamanism or shamanic practice other than that I have been doing this for myself for about uh, about a decade. Um, and also, like, while my practice definitely consists of shamanic techniques, like, that's, that's the word for it. If you're, if you're looking for a word for it, that's the word for it is shamanic. Um, I'm also, I'm not from any particular shamanic tradition. So I haven't, like, studied one set of curricula um, all the way through or whatever. And, you know, I, I can't say, like, oh, I do this kind of shamanism or whatever. And and we'll go into a little bit about like what that even means in a bit, but um, we're not going to go that deep into what that means because that's not what I'm here to share with you about mostly because I'm mostly here to share about my personal experience because that's what I can vouch for. Woo. Okay. So um, let's see. Oh, I was going to tell you that if you're if you are interested in looking more deeply into what we're going to share about today, I would say that my personal practice, as far as like things that I've read about, the thing that what I do, the thing that I do, the thing that what I do is most similar to is um, probably northern tradition shamanism. Uh, which you can find out about on any of Raven Caldera's various websites. But I will also say, like, I'm not fully read up on that. I can just say that, like, what I have read from that has resonated with me. I have not been trained. I'm not a member of their guild. I'm I'm not any of that. Um, and I'm not here to write a dissertation also. I'm just here to share about magic that works. And however informal my education on this may be, uh, my experience with it has been life-changing. So I really feel like 
if I'm going to live out my purpose of sharing with you magic that works, that has changed my life, that has helped me level up and that could potentially help you level up, um, I have to share this with you. I think I would, it would be I would be doing you a disservice to allow my own insecurities around my lack of shamanic credentials to prevent me from sharing with you these tools and techniques. Um because these have really helped me. It's been about a decade since my first shamanic journey. And and this has been a keystone. I don't know if I'm using that word correctly. I've never used the word keystone before. This has been a keystone <laughs> of my spiritual practice. Now I'm going to like look up the word keystone. Yeah, keystone. Something on which associated things depend for support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, a keystone. It's been a keystone of my spiritual practice. That's accurate. That's valid. I'm going to say that. Okay. So, a couple things that we are going to be going over in this lesson slash episode, um, just in a very basic way, what is shamanism, what is shamanic journeying, um, and then, like, more specifically, like, what do I do, Um, because that's really all I can share with you about. I can share with you a little bit of knowledge around, like, what shamanism is, um, but mostly I can just share with you about what my shamanic practice is. Um, and then we can talk about like, what are the benefits? Like, why would you want to learn how to do this? What does it allow you to do? What does it help you do? Um, and what are the risks as well? Like, what are some things that you might want to watch out for if you're going to begin shamanic journeying yourself, if you're going to incorporate shamanic elements into your own practice, what are the benefits? What are the risks? Um, and then how do you do it? How do you actually go on a shamanic journey how do you do stuff in the other worlds, which we haven't even talked about other worlds yet, but we'll get there. And uh, and how do you, given that there are risks, how do you minimize those risks? So those are all things that we're going to be talking about. But before we get too deep into today's lesson, let's go over last week's homework. I hope you did the homework. Did you do your homework? Okay, so for last week's homework, you were supposed to subscribe to my newsletter, which would get you the free download of the worksheet I created for crafting empowering questions for use in divination, which spoiler alert, you'll actually be able to use that worksheet again for the stuff that we're going to talk about in today's lesson. So that's pretty cool. Um, If you haven't gone back and listened to episode one, I would go ahead and do that. You don't have to do it in order, but I think you might, you might find it beneficial. Um, that's it. You can listen to episodes in whatever order you want, but I think doing all the homework is really beneficial. So anyhow, we're going to talk about the homework, which is what we're already doing. And a couple of you, when you were working through this worksheet on crafting empowering questions, had a couple questions about questions, questions about making up questions. Um, and so the, so the first part of the worksheet asks about your big picture vision and or your current primary goal. And a couple of you asked me about like, what are those, like, what's the difference between those two things? So I think that can be best answered with an example. So like for me, my big picture vision is like, I want to be a full-time witch. I want to have a bunch of kids. I want to homeschool them. I'm a big homestead. I live in a castle. I want to be able to like travel the world whenever I want, work from wherever, wherever, be able to, you know, have a podcast, make albums, make lots of music and serve tea for people and make art and write more books and grow flowers and all of these things. Like that's, that's my big picture vision. (laughs) Um, And it's big and it's fake and that's okay. And that like, that doesn't have to be your big picture vision. Um, But that's, 
that's some of the general idea of my big picture vision. So on the other hand, my current primary goal is to quit my muggle job and go full-time witch, basically, Um, which I know is not for everyone. And like, I'm not implying with that goal that if you are not trying to go full-time witch, that you're like less magical than me. That's not what I said. Don't put words in my mouth. Um, (laughs) but that's, that's my current primary goal is replace my muggle job income so that I can quit that job and go full-time witch. Um, and, or at least like go full-time work from home, work from anywhere. Um, and, you know, start being able to put more energy towards building residual income and passive income and not have to be working hourly for a pittance basically. (laughs) is not the dream, right? So that's, that's, and that's one thing you'll notice is that that my current primary goal is absolutely aligned with my big picture vision. Like my big picture vision does not happen unless that current primary goal happens first or happens as part of it. Um, I can't be living out my big picture vision if I haven't achieved my current primary goal. So I think it's really important that whatever your current primary goal is, is aligned with your big picture vision. And and a lot of people will don't always, that's not always um, what people naturally do. A lot of times I think we come up with current primary goals that are more influenced by what other people expect or want from us rather than are, are these, is this actually is this thing that I'm working for what someone else wants of me or is this thing that I'm working for actually aligned with my big picture vision for my life? So that's what those two things are. That's the difference between them. And you didn't ask about about that uh, alignment thing, but I think that's a really important thing to think about. And um, you may have more than one um, current goal. Like I'm, I'm definitely working towards other things in my life. You know, I'm also working on my health and wellness, my fitness. I'm working on getting my house in order. Um, but also like those things are at least energetically, um, feeding into my current primary goal of quitting my muggle job and replacing that income with income that is what I've been calling aligned income, but enough about my goals. So one of you had asked, at least one of you had asked, um, about like wanting to, that that when you did that question, it sparked like so many thoughts for you um, that when you got to the second question where it says pick one area per worksheet, you can do this multiple times if you need. You felt like, oh, God, I did too much in the first question. That's that's not you didn't do too much in the first question. The point of that is a so the more that you share when you write about your big picture vision, the more the easier it will be to be able to tell if your current primary goal is aligned with your big picture vision and the easier it will be able to determine which answers to the questions that you're going to ask or like which which directions you're thinking about going in life are going to be more aligned with that big picture vision. So without giving too much away, (laughs) I mean, I am giving it away for free. You just have to subscribe to my newsletter. It's all you have to do to get this worksheet. It's very simple. And I don't even send out my newsletter that often because that requires executive function, which I am short 
in. <laughs> sort of. There's a, there's a shortage. There's a nationwide shortage of Vervain's executive function. Anyhow, um, the, the second question is, in what area of your life do you currently have the biggest struggle aligning with your big picture vision or current primary goal? career relationships health home etc and like i just told you like i have several things that i'm working on i'm working on my health i'm working on the organization of my home i'm working on my career i'm working on all of those things and all of those things need to change <laughs> for me to be living in total alignment with my big picture vision but right now i've determined that the the career stuff is the biggest thing um because if I can work from home if I can set my own hours, if I can work just like for myself and not have to work for the man. That's like 32 hours of my life every week that I get back that I can put into, you know, I can put some of those into my businesses and I can put some of those into my health and I can put some of those into my home. So that's um that's kind of where that logic is for me. And you may come up with a different with different answers, of course. But so just because you have to pick one area per worksheet starting on question two doesn't mean that you have to limit your answer to question one. And if question one, if your answer to question one ends up being like really big and like broad and covers, you know, many different aspects of your life, that's great because now you have a great starting point for coming back and doing this worksheet again for other areas of your life. Um, so that's that's all I have to say about that. And then a couple of you, it wasn't questioned so much, but I did get really some really wonderful feedback from a couple of you who said that um, even some of you who were, who are professional readers who, you know, consider yourself really good at asking empowering questions um, said that you had a really positive experience using this and that this worksheet took you even deeper than you would usually uh, that you then you would otherwise go basically and uh, some of you even shared some of your readings with me and it was just really beautiful and really positive so I'm really glad that I followed my intuition and put this tool out there in the universe for you um, and I would just like to reiterate real quick if you haven't got this worksheet yet first off go back and listen to episode one if you haven't yet second you can get this worksheet just by subscribing to my newsletter, which you can do at the foot of any page on vervainandtheroses.com. Um, and then it'll be like, once you confirm your subscription, you'll get a link to download it. And uh, then you can work through the worksheet to craft empowering questions for use in all sorts of divination, including shamanic journeying, which we're about to talk about. Without further ado, Let's get into today's lesson. Okay, so what is shamanism and what is shamanic journeying? Okay, so caveat, 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 personal experience only here. If you're not into personal experience, you're on the wrong podcast. You've taken a wrong turn somewhere. You can still turn back. It's not too late to hit pause or to go select a different show. I'm not here to give a lecture on the origins of shamanism um, or to debate what gives someone the right to call themselves a shaman. I'll tell you right now, I don't call myself a shaman. Um, but basically, shamanism is an umbrella term nowadays. The word shaman is taken from the Tungusic, which I believe is a, a 
uh, Central Asian or Siberian area. Like I said, I'm not an academic on the subject. Um, we have appropriated the word from one specific culture with a shamanic practice to describe similar practices that exist in almost universally in most cultures around the world, which could be false. Maybe it's not most. Maybe it's just many. Uh, but certainly there are many, many cultures, many, many societies around the world across time that have had shamanistic aspects and elements um, within their spirituality, within their their tribal spirituality. And uh, shamanism these days is used as an umbrella term to describe all of those different practices. So wh while... Um, well, every it's important to note that like every specific culture has different traditions, different techniques, different um, a different like worldview, uh, different different worldview constructs that affect how they do this work and what this work looks like and what the journey of of becoming or being or being selected to become uh, a shaman looks like in those cultures, and it's. It's different everywhere. There's some things that they have in common. If you want more information on this, you should really read Mircea Eliade's book, Shamanism, Archaic Techniques of Ecstasy. And that'll be linked in the show notes and I'll mention it again in the resources at the end. But um, that's really like the place to go if you want like a comparative analysis of shamanic traditions around the world. Um, that's a great book to look into. Um, I've I've skimmed it. I have not, you know read it cover to cover clearly um it exists all over the place it's called different things in different places and maybe most important to note because how did we end up here with a white girl on whatever your podcast listening platform is talking about how she does shamanic practices how did we end up here well um probably it's probably michael harner's fault I've never met him. I don't really know anything about him. I just learned his name while I was researching for this podcast. But apparently he came up with the idea of what he called core shamanism, which is uh, he basically looked at all of these practices all around the world and said, you know, each of these versions of classic shamanism ha that has like their own specific techniques and worldview and social constructs and and whatever um what's the word that cultural constructs cultural context you know each of these different uh shamanic practices that comes from these different cultural contexts um really they have a couple core things in common and while these specific practices with their cultural context are inaccessible to your average white boy what we can do, and you can you can debate amongst yourselves whether you think this is a good thing or not, but this is what happened. He said, you know, we want to make this accessible to somebody who doesn't have that cultural context, to somebody who maybe is growing up in a world completely devoid of true spiritual connection, context, um, mysticism, all of those things. Uh, you know, somebody who maybe lives in, in contemporary America and doesn't have... Um, absolute like centuries and generations of connection to this land and is totally divorced from the land of their ancestors and probably doesn't even know who their ancestors are and maybe comes from a culture that had a shamanic tradition but certainly has never heard of it 
you know, those people, how can we let those people have access to these sorts of techniques? Because these techniques are really powerful and are really helpful and are really magical. So Michael Harner, core shamanism, kind of distilled these core elements of all of all of these shamanistic practices in different cultures into what he calls core shamanism. And he wrote a couple books about it. I've never read them. Um, but a lot of people have kind of used those as a jumping off point, I, I, I suppose, um, to share about what's often called neo-shamanism, um, which is often apparently quite looked down upon it can be it can be pretty culturally appropriative i think um i don't know much about that i i know that there's like some issues with um some native american cultural appropriation or i think maybe people saying that they were like handed these techniques by various native american peoples um, which is apparently like 99% not true, possibly 100% not true. I don't know anything about that. The techniques that I have learned and been taught are not, um, don't claim to borrow anything from Native American tradition. I'm pretty sure they don't. Um, they may th have some things in common, but like I said, these various shamanic practices have existed all around the world since uh, as far back as we know, basically. And... Um, I would say that what I what I do is probably most similar to what's called northern tradition shamanism, which uh, I don't there is like a northern shamanism guild or something. What's it? Northern tradition shamanism guild. Um, I am not a member of that. I have not received training from them. Uh, but uh, Raven Caldera is kind of the the head honcho or the dude, the dude who uh seems to be in in charge of putting a lot of that stuff together and uh, having read their a lot of the stuff on their websites um which you can look at like northernshamanism.org um it, it's something that i resonate with it's not something that i've been formally trained in but having read a couple of the articles on their website i can say this sounds a lot like this sounds very similar to a lot of the things that i've experienced this sounds very similar to a lot of the things that i do um, so if you, if you want, you know, a, a primer on, on something that's at least similar to what I do, like I can't claim to be a part of that tradition cause I haven't been trained in it. I don't belong to that guild or anything. Um, but based on what I've seen, that would be a, a good resource to learn more about the sort of thing that I do. Um, to be totally honest, my first introduction to this sort of thing, this shamanic journeying sort of thing, I didn't know, I didn't hear it called that, um, I was encouraged to do a guided meditation. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I, I chose to do this because, you know, people kept telling me to meditate. And uh, I was having trouble figuring out what that even meant. Um, I, was, I was in college at the time. And, uh, yeah, I was having trouble figuring out, like, what it even meant to meditate. I, I still thought that that meant, like, not thinking anything at all, you know, having to keep like all thoughts out of your head, keep your mind blank. And like, I didn't, that for my neurodivergent brain, like that was not going to fucking happen. And like, maybe we'll get somewhere like that someday. But anyhow, I thought, well, maybe if I do a guided meditation, that'll help me. So I like searched into YouTube guided meditation and I found this cool one 
Uh, it was by Lillian Eden, and it was called Meet Your Spirit Guide. And I was like, all right, this sounds cool. Let's try this. And it changed my life forever. So this is, I would certainly say that this meditate, this quote unquote guided meditation um, belongs to the school of core shamanism. I don't know for sure if that's what Lillian Eden would say, but based on my own perceptions, that's that's where I would put it if you made me fill out a worksheet and categorize it or whatever. Um, or, you know, if I just like chose to say stuff on my podcast. <laughs> okay, so there's a couple... Obviously, there's a couple differences between classic shamanism and core shamanism. And actually, Raven Caldera on their website, northernshamanism.org, has a really good page that goes really in-depth about what all the differences are. But some of the main ones, just real quick, are that in classic shamanism, um, it's generally like being a shaman is generally handed down to you. You're, it's not generally something that you kind of grow up and say, I want to be a shaman, daddy. And then you get to be a shaman or, you know, or you just like sign up for a college course on shamanism and now, bam, you're a shaman. Like it doesn't <laughs> in core shamanism, it can work that way because th that was really the whole point of core shamanism was to like make these techniques accessible, which again, like you can argue about whether or not accessibility is a good thing. But here we are. You're learning about it on my podcast. So I'm making a face. I don't know what the face means. Anyhow. Caveat, caveat, caveat. In core shamanism, you can sign yourself up for this. In classic shamanism, you are selected for this, typically, nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100, one of those, somewhere in there. Um, either you're selected by the gods or you're selected by the tribe or or some other thing. It varies. It varies by culture. Um but generally, it's not something that you get to choose. Generally, it's something that there, there's some sort of initiation that is kind of forced upon you. A lot of people will undergo like a serious illness where like if you treat the illness with regular ass medicine, it might go away, but it'll come back again and again and again. Um, whereas if you treat the illness by following the call, heeding the call to become a shaman and serve the people of your community with your shamanic work. Um, then suddenly your illness will go away. Uh, essentially, it's... I really haven't done a very good job of telling you what it is, have I? Um, Mircea Eliade describes shamanism. He says, I think that the most uh, conservative and like least risky... Those are not... It's not a direct quote, but that's similar to what he says. Uh, definition of shamanism is that shamanism equals technique of ecstasy which is really, really vague. Um, essentially, what most people seem to agree upon is that shamanism or shamanic practices are practices that involve the practitioner or the shaman um, traveling to other levels of reality, usually upper worlds or lower worlds, like... Um, yeah, upper worlds or lower worlds, or in, in my experience, you can also go sideways. So you can, with shamanistic practice, you can travel to these other layers of reality, to these other planes, to these other worlds, and interact with spiritual entities in those other worlds. And typically, uh, the, the reason that you do this is because the interactions that you have with the spiritual entities in those other worlds make a difference to 
life on the material plane back here. So, for example, actually the whole reason that I am even recording this episode, um, because somehow when I thought that I was going to record a whole podcast on magic that works, I thought that I could avoid talking about difficult, sensitive, deep, potentially controversial things for a long time. Um, and I was wrong because here we are on episode two talking about shamanism. But um, the only reason that I'm even recording this episode is because I woke up the other morning from an absolutely horrific nightmare. Um, and it, I'm not somebody who typically remembers my dreams. Um, I'm not somebody who typically gets nightmares. And I woke up... Uh, like three hours into sleeping from an absolutely horrific nightmare that I was 100% convinced um, was demonic. And I, I'm still convinced of that because what I did, I'll tell you more about what I did in the next episode, but um, essentially what I did was I, I went on a shamanic journey and I slayed my demons and um, I've been, you know, dealing with the aftermath of that ever since. But mostly it's been great. I've been sleeping great and I have not had any nightmares since then. So I had asked some of my uh, followers on Instagram if this was something I kind of gave them a little very short version of, of what happened. And like, would you like to know more about this? Is this something that you're interested in? Are you interested in learning about shamanic journeying and demon slaying? Um, which, by the way, like that was my first demon slaying experience, but it was highly effective and I have no problem sharing it with you if it can be of help to you, which many of you seemed to think that it would be helpful. Many of you sounded interested in learning more about this, and I can't blame you. I think I would be pretty interested if I heard somebody else say that. Um, I probably also wouldn't believe them. So if you don't believe me, that's okay. Um, I am, I am, you will learn this the more of my podcast episodes you listen to, the more of my content you consume, I am actually an intensely skeptical person. And my biggest struggle in my magical practice, in my faith, is actually like letting go of my skepticism when <laughs> it feels like it's time for faith. And I will say also right now that I am in, in the middle of a big... Um, I say I'm in the middle of a big transition. What I mean is I've been receiving a lot of signs from the universe that I'm supposed to do one particular big scary thing and I am avoiding it like the plague. <laughs> and um, I, I won't be mad. I won't be allowed to be mad later because I have told my gods, my guides, and my guardians that I am ready to let go, but they might have to make me and that, you know, I'm... I'm willing to let go of the railing, but they might have to push me, basically. Um, and uh, basically, I've made the commitment to quit my job, my muggle job, by the end of 2021 um, and go full-time witch, basically. <laughs> and uh, I keep getting signs from the universe that I'm supposed to be quitting, like, ASAP, like, now. Um which is kind of funny because I've actually, I'm actually right now quarantined from my job uh, because I've been exposed to somebody who has tested positive for the virus. And, um, you know, so it was like, I was like, I, I get like a two week preview of having quit my job, but I'm still allowed to go back 
because I'm basically like not being paid and I'm not working right now. So I am working. I'm just working on things like this podcast. Anyhow, that's just me saying that. Uh, what is that me saying? What was I saying? You know, I don't know what the fuck I was saying, but I know what I'm about to say. And what I'm about to say is that at its core, ha 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 core, um, it's like not even a pun. Shamanism, shamanic practices include journeying to other levels of reality to interact with spirits in spiritual realms in order to enact change on the physical plane. And those changes can be anything from slaying demons to stop nightmares and also stop whatever else those demons could potentially be about to cause or be causing. Um, it could be as simple as divination. And I will also say that like most of the shamanic journeys, most of my shamanic practice in my life thus far has been more of the divinatory variety. Actually, as I've been like planning out episodes for this podcast, I have come face to face with the realization of just how much of the magic that I do is actually divinatory and basically like receptive magic as opposed to active magic. I do a lot more divination than I do like spells. And as much as I talk about like, quote unquote, claiming your power and stepping into your highest potential, I am realizing that I actually do a lot more um, inquiry and like wisdom seeking than I do actually like power claiming and taking taking action to move my life forward, at least historically. That's something I've been making big changes on over the last couple of months. I've definitely been um, working more to use my magical and material and spiritual, all of my resources um, and physical, I said material, physical, emotional, intellectual, energetic, all of my resources. Um, I've been being much more intentional about directing all of my available resources towards my goals because my goals are becoming more important and more urgent to me. Not really more important. It's just more urgent. It's feeling more like, hey, like we've been saying we want to do this for a long time, but um, I don't know if you noticed the clock is ticking, tick, tick. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Okay, let's let's stop. Let's stop doing that. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We're half hour in and I have just barely addressed the first question. So, um what I I will also say that like the shamanism that I practice, I told you that I um my practice is most similar to the northern to northern tradition shamanism from what I've read. So most of the gods or deities or whatever that I work with are from the Northern tradition, are well, Norse, from the Norse pantheon. So I work pretty closely with, I work most closely with Odin up to now. Um, and I have begun in recent years working more with Freya. And I have always felt called to Hela, but it wasn't actually until last night, which I'm not even going to talk about on the next episode or this episode, um, that I actually came face to face with Hela, which I guess I've, I've, I've come face to face with her maybe like three times before, but that's like three times in a decade. Um, suffice it to say that Odin and Freya have been much more present in my life than that. And I guess Hela's just been waiting for the right time. Seems like the time is now. Anyhow, so... 
because a lot most of the deities that I work with are Norse and the Norse cosmology is just something that like it makes a lot of sense to me it resonates with me I mean I don't know my DNA I don't know if I can claim Norse heritage I honestly don't know like I probably have as much I have as much right to claim Norse deities as I do to claim Chinese folk deities which is to say that um by what I know about my heritage, I don't have any right to either. And by who has shown up to work with me, I have a right to both. <laughs> um, Y'all can go debate that amongst yourselves. So the the spirits that I've worked with primarily in my own journeys are Odin, Freya, Hela, um, Guan Yin, and most recently, Zhong Kui, which uh, Zhong Kui is mostly who we'll be talking about in the next episode he is a Chinese folk deity, and he is a demon slayer, who I did not expect to work with, although I probably should have. I have worked with him once or twice before, but the demon slaying thing was really, that's really his area of expertise, so. Okay, so I, I've already div dove, divin, dove, div, dived, <laughs> divin, where the fuck did that come from? I've already spoken a little bit about what some of the benefits of shamanic practice are. Um, I've told you that I use it for divination. What do I mean by that? Um, you know, you can go to the cards or the runes or whatever and get a very symbolic, metaphorical, vague answer to your questions that requires a lot of interpretation or you can go on a shamanic journey and speak to your gods or your guides or whatever face to face and ask them questions and get answers. And sometimes their answers will still be just as puzzling and symbolic and metaphorical and difficult to decode as if you had just done a card reading. Um, but sometimes they will give you very straight answers and this has, or they will me anyway. Um, this has been extremely beneficial. Um, like, for example, I asked after after the whole demon slaying experience, I asked John Quay, like, what were the names of those demons that we slayed? And he straight up told me all five of their names. And that was like, that was the most valuable thing that happened that whole um, journey. Well, I don't know, probably slaying them was more valuable, but like knowing their names allows me to recognize like what has been what do what temptations do I fall prey to? You know, what plagues me and how can I watch out for that and be more aware of that? So having that sort of information in very clear, straightforward terms is extremely helpful. Um, and, you know, sometimes I just I just I just get tired of trying to interpret symbolic stuff. And it's like, look, just fucking tell me what you want. You know, can you just tell me what this is like? What is this? Like, I've been thinking about it for a long time, but like, what is this? How do I deal with it? Tell me what to do. And um, a lot of times they'll tell you what to do. Now, like with any kind of divination, I think your your guides or the cards, I consider the cards guides of a sort, or maybe they're inhabited by a guide of a sort. I don't know. Um, but any any spiritual helper, helping spirit, uh, is the shamanic term, I think, um, will 
get tired of giving you advice you don't follow. So, you know, be wary of that. Like if you ask for their advice on what to do, like be prepared to do it or um, be prepared to stop getting their advice. You know, I think it's pretty simple. You don't like it when, when someone, when you give someone, you take the time to give someone like really well thought out advice and then they don't do it and then they come to you asking for advice about the situation they got themselves into because they didn't do what you told them to do before and it's like why should I tell you when you're just going to ignore me so I think guides and gods and whatever can get a bit like that if you don't if you don't heed their advice but if you're if you're willing to actually make changes in your life uh, go ahead and ask go ahead and ask ask them for advice usually they'll give it to you so divination of various kinds, um, like I was saying, face-to-face conversations with spirit or with your gods or, or with God. You know, I think you can, even as a monotheist, I think you can, you can do this sort of thing and benefit from conversations with God um, and from conversations with your ancestors. So another benefit of this sort of journeying is that it allows you, I was kind of touched on this, but it allows you to have a face-to-face conversation with spirit or with God or your gods or, or whatever spirit looks like to you. Um, and sometimes that's just, you know, like one of the ways that I will tend to converse with, um, with Odin specifically is, is through Oromancy. Is that Ostromancy? Ostromancy, um, which is divination by the wind. And so, you know, I'll, I'll ask questions um, and it, it will seem the wind will answer, but um, you can get like yes or no questions <laughs> answered that way. And you can get some other questions answered that way, but, but generally it's hard to get specific information um, just from a breeze. And um, sometimes it's just easier to talk face to face. You know, sometimes you get tired of texting back and forth. And you just got to call. You just got to call. So I think that's kind of what, with with spirit conversation, with like conversations with God, I think that's one of the things that shamanic journeying is really, really good for, is having those face-to-face conversations. Um, and then uh, maybe the, the primary thing that shamanism has been used for, shamanic practice has been used for historically, is um, dealing with misguided or mis placed spiritual entities so that can involve acting as a psychopomp and leading the dead home um or leading um perhaps it's not the dead but but spirits that don't belong in this world uh leading them home helping them find their way um getting them back to where they belong um or or doing similar work with perhaps not like sentient spirits but with spiritual afflictions which can manifest as illnesses or disease um and this is something that i think for a long time i was very skeptical of and i'm i'm coming around to possibly i'm having a little bit of an identity crisis actually right now um trying to decide if if i can sacrifice enough of my skepticism to believe that shamanic practice could actually um make a difference in something like physical health um but you know when i i don't know when i think about it it doesn't seem so far off it's just it's just counter to the scientific atheism that i've been exposed to my entire life growing up in america 
Okay, so yeah. Uh, divination, face-to-face conversations with spirit, demon slaying, <laughs> dealing with misguided spirits, possibly uh, healing. I say possibly healing. Like Healing is like a known aspect of shamanic work. It's just it hasn't always been an aspect of my personal shamanic practice, but that's about me. That's not about shamanism. So healing is is definitely a shamanism thing. And um, that might be something that I may possibly be learning how to do. I said I wouldn't talk about this. I'm not talking about this. Okay. Um, so how do you do it? How do you go on one of these journeys? How do you get to a place where you can have a face-to-face conversation with God in your head? Great question. Let's talk about it. So first things first, intention. And no, intention is not everything. But without intention, you basically have nothing. Um, And what I mean by this is I have, so I have taken a lot of shamanic, or a few at least, shamanic journeys in my time where like when I first did this, when I did that first guided meditation and met my spirit guide and stuff, like I just thought this was so cool. Like I experienced so much magic meeting my spirit guide for the first time and exploring the world that that all took place in. And like the fact that there was this whole world and possibly multiple worlds that I could explore in my mind, lying on the floor of my closet in the dark. And like, I could like have conversations with God. Like that was fascinating. That was a beautiful escape from going to a Baptist college and taking classes that were depressing. Um, you know, that was a beautiful escape. And and I I definitely had a few days where, you know, I went my first day and I, I had a life-changing experience and I wanted to go back the second day. And I did go back the second day and I had a successful experience. And then I wanted to go back the third day. And my third day, my goal was just like, this is such a cool escape it was like almost like playing a video game you know it's like let's turn it turn it back on let's go back let's go explore the beautiful world um and that was an absolute failure of an experience i remember it just being chaotic i couldn't get into it i couldn't focus on any of the images i couldn't be present in the world i couldn't get the world to fully materialize in my vision in my imagination and i firmly believe that this is because i didn't actually have a clear intention that was worthy of being in that space so i mean i think i do think you you get a few instances of going in just to explore you know when you're when you're new to this but when you start to do it for fun rather than for a higher purpose um i I think that they can kind of close that door to you and i think that's that's what happened to me i can't I, I don't know for sure, but that's that's what feels that's what it feels like to me. And other times I've gone in and I maybe had like a, 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 a question or an intention or like I knew how I wanted to go speak to. I knew I wanted to get their advice, but I didn't know like what my question was exactly. I just knew I needed help. And on those times or if I just like had this feeling that I needed help, but I didn't take time to get clear on my intention or my question like what my question even was or who I even wanted to talk to, when I didn't take time to get clear on that, um, if I didn't have clarity about my intention or I didn't have clarity about my question, I couldn't maintain clarity in the vision. I couldn't maintain clarity in my sacred imagination to actually 
do the journey. Um, so I will say that like intention and clarity on your intention is really important. You want that before you go in. And your first time, your intention can just be to meet your spirit guide um, and to hear any any wisdom that they, anything that they have to tell you, you know, anything that they think that you could benefit from hearing at this point. Um, that's a perfectly valid intention for your first journey. And it's a perfectly valid intention for your fifth journey and your 20th journey, you know, but like it probably, if you're doing this frequently, that probably shouldn't be your intention every time. They're, they're going to want to know that you're taking some initiative <laughs> in your life. Um, I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. Okay. So once you got your intention, you're going to want to relax the body completely because the way that you enter the other worlds, and I should have said this earlier, but I didn't, is through a trance state. So you're basically relaxing your body completely and leaving it behind to go travel with just your spirit um, somewhere else, kind of. Um, something like that. It's something like that. It's close enough to that 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 description will do. Um, and so, so you relax your body completely. You can... And again, you can start with guided meditations. Um, and I definitely started with guided meditations, guided journeys, whatever. You know, people kind of telling you like, and then you're in a room. What does the room look like? And then you're going upstairs. One, two, three, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but for me, what's been really helpful is to like pay attention to what is happening in those recordings and like what works for me, what's happening in my body as I'm following those recordings. And then I've kind of taken elements from that. And I now have the ability to walk myself through those steps of relaxation and um, release and visualization, imagination, those, those steps that get me into the journey. So you're relaxing the body completely, but you're keeping the mind alert and open. So you're not falling asleep here. Um, and I definitely have had experiences where I tried to go on a shamanic journey and I fell asleep instead. So I would say probably don't um, do this when you're super, super tired. Um, or if you are pretty tired, just like make sure you're keeping your mind alert and you're active in the visualization while fully relaxing your body. So this is kind of like, I think some people are able to have this sort of experience with lucid dreaming. I just, I sleep so deeply. I've never been able to even like consistently remember my regular dreams, let alone get to lucid dream. Um, I've come close a couple times, but for me, I don't know. I don't have a lot of motivation to learn to lucid dream because I can do all of the things that I would do in a lucid dream in a shamanic journey. Okay, so let's see, where are we? Relax the body completely, but keep the mind alert and open. So for me, the way that I'll do this is I'll imagine like like warm water. Like, you know, when you step into the shower and if you have long hair, you know what I mean? If And maybe, I don't know what it feels like if you don't have long hair. But when you let that stream of water from the shower go onto the top of your scalp and it just like slowly begins to saturate through your hair and you can like feel that warmth like spreading down from the top of your skull down to your the back of your head and the back of your neck and your shoulders and your back and your the rest of your body 
And so that's kind of the feeling that I will imagine, um, that I will inhabit, if you will, in my body when I'm allowing myself to relax. But it's like everywhere that that warm water spreads, I relax fully. And sometimes it takes me the longest to get my uh, like my forehead and my eyebrows relaxed. And sometimes I have to go back to this section of, of like my forehead, my brow um, multiple times because I carry a lot of tension there. And same in my jaw. Um, I carry a lot of tension in my jaw. So a lot of times I carry more tension in my head than anywhere else. And once I can actually get my head relaxed, it's, it's easy for me to um, relax the rest of my body. Um, but this may be different for different people. You may find that you carry most of your tension in your shoulders or in your back or in your hips or in your knees um, or in your feet. You know, it, it may be different for everybody in your hands. Um, but I just I just imagine that warm water spreading, not trickling, but like seeping, saturating downwards and everywhere it touches. I just allow my body to relax completely. And I just go slowly from the top of my head down to the tips of my toes. And when I can feel that my body is fully relaxed, then I will allow myself to move on to the next step. Um, which, by the way, also, I should have said that music or drums, like repetitive music or drums, is a key element in most cultures that have shamanic practices for helping to induce the trance. Um, and I will say that 99 not most of the time when i do this if i'm not listening to a guided meditation which i hardly ever do anymore um i will still listen to like a drum track and i'll link some of those in the show notes as well so you can you can see what i mean and you can use one if you want so um yeah i do usually use a drum track um like you can just search in youtube like shamanic drumming and i usually pick one that's like three hours long and then i just I just leave it going until I'm done. Um, I will say if you're if you're setting aside time to do this, give yourself at a minimum a half hour. But I would really suggest at least an hour for your first journey. And I would always suggest setting aside at least an hour anytime you need to do this. In and, and it may you may find you need longer, you may find you need less time. I've definitely been able to get in, get my answers, and get out in 10 minutes before, but that's rare. Um I've had way more experiences where I tried to do a guided meditation and I went in and I was like just getting to the point of having like the meat of the conversation with my guide, and then suddenly like the audio track is like, okay. When you're ready to leave, say goodbye, thank your guides, and start wiggling your toes. And I'm just like, no, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. We're in the middle. Like, can, we're, we're talking here. Can you see that I'm in the middle of a conversation with God? Excuse me. <laughs> and I've had to like, like break out of the trance just enough to like rewind the track like 10 minutes to be able to get more time in the conversation. Um, and I don't recommend that. So that's another one of the reasons that I would really prefer or suggest to use like a really long track that's super open-ended. Um, and the only thing about the open-ended ones is because it's open-ended, like you have to imagine everything yourself. So with the guided ones, and I probably would suggest use a guided one for your first time. If you've never done this before, use a guided one, one with more, more vocal prompting where they'll, they'll kind of tell you how to relax your body and they'll tell you 
the basics of what to visualize. You know, they'll give you the very basic um, template of what to visualize, and then you'll fill in the blanks with your own sacred imagination, um, with your own intuition, and or with your own inner vision. And um, then, you know, once you've done that a time or two, and you're familiar with the techniques for relaxing your body and accessing the other world, and you're familiar with... Um, you know, the, the, the basics of how to do this and you kind of know where you want to go and what you want to do and what your world looks like at least a little bit and how to operate within it. Once you know that basic information, you can um, ditch the guide, not the spirit guide, uh, the audio guide. <laughs> you can ditch the audio guide and just go for the drumming or even just like, I think drumming is the most popular and the most traditional traditional i say that but there's like so many different traditions i don't really know um it's the most popular for sure but you can use just like plain old meditation music of any kind um i would just suggest that it be repetitive and not have like words that you understand at least and also that it be really long um yeah but I will also say that, like, if you find yourself in a position where you need to go on a journey, um, if you are practiced at the techniques, like, I've been able to <laughs> sit on the curb outside of a bar, basically, and, like, get into this headspace and be able to go on a journey, literally just, like, sitting on a curb in a parking lot. Um, and I've only been able to do that, like, once or twice in my life, but... I've only needed to do that once or twice in my life. So um, it just depends, you know, but that's not an ideal situation. The ideal situation is you can lay down comfortably in the dark, relax your body fully, have your music going to guide you and to aid you in getting into the trance state. And then once you're in this trance state, you it helps you to dissociate from your body, which dissociating from your body can be something that you do as a trauma response. But in this case, <laughs> we are doing it as a way to go on a journey without our physical body, um, if that makes sense. Although I've definitely, like, on a lot of my journeys, I'll find that it's more like, like, I'll still be including elements of my physical body in that, like, last night I was doing something in my journey where um, I was using my hands and just to, like, help, like, summon more power to this work that I was doing rather than, like, lay there with my hands totally still and visualizing my hands do something. Like, I just did the thing with my hands. Um, and that was, like, way more, it felt way more real to me. It didn't break the illusion or the the vision or the trance of like being in this other place other than just being in my bed um, or whether it was like I was totally aware that my body was in my bed and that my spirit was in the field <laughs> outside of Freya's hall. Um, but my body and my spirit body were like going through some of the same motions um, not all of them because I wasn't like walking around or anything that would be dangerous in my room. My room's kind of a mess still. Maybe one of these episodes we'll talk about clutter clearing magic, but not today. Today we're talking about shamanic journey 
and we want to get a move on here. Okay. So you relax the body, uh, you induce the trance with drums or other repetitive music or sound, uh, head to the show notes for links. Um, there it's, you can also use plant medicine or plant magic, plant allies, various plant allies, um, to aid you in getting into this mind set, brain state, mind state, state of mind, um, <laughs> for surrendering to the trance, um, most famous but least accessible and possibly most effective but also not recommended for everyday use would be psychedelics um these definitely work but you can also end up having a lot less control and also i'm just like straight up not recommending that you like take psychedelics every time you want to do this it's not necessary, um, but it can be helpful. It would I would be lying by omission if I didn't mention it. So there you go. Um, mugwort is known to be really good for this. You can either steep it as a tea and drink it, or you can burn it in the room where you're going to be doing this. Um, mugwort is known to be good for that. Frankincense is also really good for stimulating the pineal gland or the third eye. So I like to use frankincense oil. Um, I also have, there's also an oil called Envision that I used to like, or that I, I still like. I don't use it. I use it. I use it every now and then um, when I need to kind of help um, stimulate or support my sacred imagination. Um, and then there's an oil called Surrender that I love. It has been so helpful for me. Um, I don't need it every time. Like I didn't need it last night, but there have been days where I knew I needed to journey and I was lying there for like 30, 45 minutes and could not for the life of me get into the trance. Like I just couldn't let go of the tension in my mind and in my body. I couldn't let go of the little things that were like nagging at me and um i tried surrender and it was so helpful for me and <laughs> there's going to be a plant magic minute about it in a second um so surrender oil is or it's like a blend has been really really helpful with helping me surrender to the flow to the journey to my sacred imagination and just be able to like let go of this world basically because sometimes i i get down and it's like i know i need to journey but i'm just holding on too tightly to this world um and surrender has been really 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 helpful for that um, it's a blend of lavender lemon black spruce roman chamomile angelica mountain savory and german chamomile so if you know anything about those botanicals, you can understand maybe you can begin to understand maybe why it would be so helpful. But all I can say, this is also one of my favorite sleep oils. If I need help surrendering to sleep, surrender oil is great for that too. But it's also probably the oil that I use most for shamanic journeying these days. Okay. And then another thing, another uh, piece of plant magic that can help is, I don't know if you've ever been tea drunk, which is what we call it when you've had a lot of really good um tea really good like straight up camellia sinensis tea um especially like if it's like good farm direct tea with really good chi really good cha chi um if you drink a lot of it you can get tea drunk and that sort of feeling in the body is actually really good for shamanic journeying because it both 
it relaxes the body and stimulates the mind at the same time. So it's got the caffeine, but it's also got like the the, the theanine and theobromine, I think. I don't know. Um, fact check me on my tea chemicals, Sohan, or anyone who's listening to this. Uh, well, hopefully we'll do an episode about tea and gong fu sha and tea magic um, coming up one of these days, but we're not there yet. So right now we're in a one person at a time recording setup. <laughs> And uh, I would love to get to a two-person recording setup and be able to have um, some of my people, some of the magical people in my life come on and talk about some of their expertise. Um, but we're not there yet. So uh, set a reminder for uh, next quarter. Next quarter. I really like that we're on the quarter system. I don't know if you realize that, but Welcome to Magic School is on the quarter system. So we're going to have eight episodes this quarter, which is the fall quarter of 2021. And then we're going to go, we're going to take a little break. We're going to take a fall break. And then we're going to go into the winter quarter. And then we're going to take a winter break. And then we're going to go into the spring quarter. And then you can probably see where this is going from there. But this is, a, I, I chose that to be sustainable for my own energy. Because I know that if I try to do something like every week forever, I'm just going to, there's going to be a point at which I just stop doing it forever. So instead of just stopping doing it forever, I decided that instead of doing it, trying to do it every week forever, we're going to do it for like eight weeks in a row and then take about a month long break approximately. And we might do like some summer school on summer break or whatever, but you know, I just want to keep this sustainable for everyone and keep it fun and so that I can keep delivering this as long as possible. So check back in the next quarter for hopefully some interviews with some super magical people who can share a little bit more about their specialties and expertise. It's time for a Plant Magic Minute. Even though I've been doing this journeying thing for nearly a decade, I still sometimes have trouble relaxing my body and allowing my intuition to take over. Sometimes, no matter how hard I try, I just can't bring myself to surrender to the trance and the flow of the journey. But that's just it. Surrender isn't about trying harder. It's about surrendering. Surrender Oil Blend was designed with the express purpose of helping you surrender your fear to perfect love and perfect trust. The first time I used this, I was desperate to get in the zone and was ready to try anything within reach. By a happy coincidence, my friend had left her bottle of Surrender right by me, if you believe in coincidences. As soon as I opened the little blue bottle, I began to relax. Now, when I need help surrendering to the journey, I apply a drop of Surrender to my heart. Then, just like magic, I surrender. If you need help surrendering, head on over to my website at vervainandtheroses.com slash shamanicjourney. There, you'll find more information, including the link to purchase this plant magic and become a member of Oil Coven. That's it for this Plant Magic Minute. Speaking of plant magic, this podcast is sponsored by Oil Coven. Oil Coven is an online circle of badass witches from around the world who are brought together by our mutual commitment to leveling up with plant magic. We work with plant magic in the form of Young Living Essential Oils to level up our wellness, our manifestations, our relationships, abundance, and more. When you join Oil Coven, not only do you get a 24% discount on all Young Living products, you'll also be invited to exclusive Facebook groups, events, and more. We have several online events each month, including Coven-exclusive moon circles and potions club meetings, and sometimes we throw tarot tea parties. We also hold classes on things like crystals, runes, affirmations, and how to use them in tandem with plant magic. It's so much fun. Joining Oil Coven is as simple as saying yes to plant magic. There's no starter kit required, and you never have to sell unless you want to. Join Oil Coven to begin leveling up with plant magic today. 
To learn more and see our schedule of upcoming events, visit vervainandtheroses.com slash oil coven. Okay, so after you get relaxed, possibly with the help of some plant medicine or plant allies and your trance music, um, you want to visualize your entrance, your entrance into the other world. Um, You can go up or down or sideways, depending on where you need to go. You can visualize this and you could do just like one thing to visualize it you can do a sequence of things um the world tree is like the thing in the norse cosmology that is at the heart of this there's like there's a reason that norse cosmology and shamanism go so well together um i say that without knowing a lot about other cosmologies or other mythologies but i do know um that the norse cosmology is really good for this because there is a world tree at the center of all things that is said to have roots that reach down into worlds below and branches that reach up into worlds above and that you can use the branches for horizontal travel between worlds and the roots and you can use the trunk for vertical travel between worlds and they're actually runes that represent this and maybe we'll do an episode in the future about the runes that represent this actually i'll just tell you right now um i was or a was depending on how you say it uh the this one, the, the U rune, Y-E-W rune, um, makes the A sound or the I sound. E-I is how it's spelled. E-I-H-W-A-Z, I was. Um, that one is for vertical travel through the trunk. That's like the level up rune. Um, and then there's Elaz or Algis, it's sometimes called, which is the one that looks like a Y, but the stick goes all the way through the V. Um, and that is best known as a protection rune, which we're going to talk about when we talk about runes for protection. Um, but it's also the rune of, because it's the rune of the branches of the tree, it's also the rune of horizontal travel between worlds. And because it's for protection and for travel, it's also fantastic for protection for travelers specifically. So that's that. That's a slight diversion, slight tangent coming back to the tree. So the tree is a really good visualization, even if you're not in like, even if your journeys don't take place in like the Norse mythos specifically, um, a tree, a world tree of sorts can still be a really helpful visualization for your travel between worlds. Um, My personal visualization, this isn't canon, but this is what I see is I see like a door in the front of the tree or like a a gateway in the front of the tree or a portal or whatever. And I walk into the trunk of the tree. And then depending on where I'm going, I'll either walk upstairs or walk downstairs. And usually I'll go up or down um, 33 steps and I'll like count them and try to like feel my spiritual body like ascending or descending. Um, And that specific visualization, when I say visualization, I don't just mean visual um like a visualization can be somatic as well and and somatic visualizations are a big part of shamanic journeying in my experience so um the somatic visualization of my body ascending or descending is a really important part of this so actually often before i even get to the tree um i will visualize my body laying horizontally like i am in bed um rising up ascending through the light of the seven chakras, which like you want to talk about like borrowing from different cultures. Here we go. Um, (laughs) Sorry, guys. Um, Please debate in the comments. I will never read them. Uh, 
<laughs> God. Okay. What am I saying? What am I doing? Okay. So I will visualize my body ascending through the light of the seven chakras and kind of tune into those different parts of my body and my spirit as I do. So like I'll visualize my body in a red light and then we move up and we're in an orange light and then we move up and we're in a yellow light and we move up and we're in a green light. And like when I did this last night, actually, when I got to the blue light from my throat, like I was surrounded by the blue light, but I felt that my actual throat had this like red ball of light. And that's what I was going. I was actually going on a journey to heal my throat um, or to experiment with healing my throat. And it was, it seems to have been utterly successful, which is like really very um, disconcerting for me because uh, I mean, it's like the best case scenario, but as I said, it threatens my position as a skeptic, um, which is fine. That's fine. That's fine. I'm going to learn to be at peace with that um, because I would rather actually be able to feed my sore throat to the queen of the dead than not. So if it seems like that is something that I actually can do, then um, I guess I'm going to choose to believe it. If you also struggle with belief around magic and skepticism and faith in these things, please message me. We would have so much to talk about. Um, you can shoot me a message at Vervain and the Roses or at Welcome to Magic School on Instagram. I would love to talk to you in either of those places. Let's be friends. Okay. So, <laughs> um, visualize, I can, I like to visualize myself going through those layers of light. And then once I've done that, then arriving at the, at the tree and like stepping into the tree and then going through the stairwell. And usually when I reach the top of the stairs or the bottom of the stairs, whichever way I go, um, I will, uh, I'll find myself in, in the world where I need to be in any of various locations. Um, but if you're, I'll just, I'll just leave the rest up to your sacred imagination. Um, Sometimes, okay, other ways that I've entered the spirit world. Um, sometimes I ride one of my animal spirit guides. I have a couple different animal spirit guides. I have a tiger, a sea turtle, a white rabbit. I, literally all of them have been methods of transportation for me. Um, sometimes I take a boat. Okay, if you can picture like, uh, I don't know, like Lady of Shalott style, like laying down in the boat and like feeling the boat, like moving through this river, through these different like, layers of reality and like ending up in this beautiful place and that's a really easy visualization to start out with because it starts out lying down and often my physical body is lying down so if I can visualize myself lying down it makes it that much easier to um, believe it to believe the visualization and to uh, like step into that version of reality that spiritual level of that layer or level of spiritual reality spiritual level or layer of reality oh my god <sighs> so speaking of boats and water and laying down sometimes i just allow myself to wash up on shore on the shore of a beach or a lake or a river or whatever um and sometimes also like now that i've been several times several <laughs> it's been like a decade now that i've been <laughs> i have a habit of going to the spirit world um one of the places where i go i have a room there that's like my room and one of actually the most common ways that I'll go is I'll just allow myself to wake up in my bed in that room in the upper world. So if that's where I want to go, 
um, or if where I want to go is accessible from there, that's often what I'll do is I'll just visualize myself going to sleep in my bed and waking up in my other bed in the other world. And um, that's, again, that's easy to visualize because it's like, I am laying down. That's true. And then, you know, sitting up from there in the spirit world is not a far cry. It doesn't seem so crazy. <laughs> okay. And then once you're there, once you actually get to the other world, most importantly, hold fast to your intention, um, your purpose for going and follow your intuition or your guides to fulfill your intention and get your questions answered. So it can be really distracting to just like look at the pretty world once you get there. Or I don't know, maybe it's not always pretty. Maybe some people see really scary things. But in any case, the world can be distracting. And it's okay to like look at other things that you didn't expect to see, but also like make sure that you do what you came to do. Make sure that you get your questions answered or that you at least get a chance to ask them. Like your guides may choose not to answer your questions, but at least make sure you ask them. Um, yeah. Okay. And then you just from there, like allow your sacred imagination to take over. So at first you will feel like you're making it all up and you kind of are in a way and that's okay. Um, just relax your mind, allow the voice of your inner critic to fall away and tell yourself that like, even if you are making it up, that's okay. Like just let, let yourself experience it, experience it. And, and like, if your inner critic is like, none of this is real, just tell your inner critic, like, that's okay. Maybe it's not real, but like, we'll decide that later for now. We're just going to experience it. Then later we can have the conversation about whether this is real or make believe or what, um, and that can usually get your inner critic to shut up for a while, long enough for you to experience it. And then you can debate the reality of the situation later. Um, this does get easier with practice. Oh, yeah. And then I was saying envision can help. I mentioned that earlier. Frankincense, sacred frankincense, etc. All good oils to help stimulate the third eye and the inner vision and the sacred imagination. Um, if you're not using an audio guide, if you are using an audio guide, the audio guide will kind of give you a template for what to visualize and you'll just fill in the details and the blanks. Um, if you're not using an audio guide, let your intuition and your cultural or mythological context guide you. So like, for example, like the world that I go to has absolutely been shaped like the, the main place that I go to in the other worlds has absolutely been shaped by what the audio guide, what Lillian Eden like told me to see in my first ever shamanic journey slash guided meditation. Um, but I filled in the blanks. And also like I, I've been back since then in unguided journeys and experienced like so many other parts of that world, so many other parts of that building, so many other things. And it was actually like so she had me picture this this room, this specific room. And when I went that first day, I remember noticing that there were like footprints leading to this door to the left of this fireplace. And I didn't get a chance to follow those footprints in my first journey. But when I went back the next day, I made a point. That was like the main thing that I wanted to do was I wanted to follow those footprints and find out where they led. And they led up to this tower, to this room that's now my room. And in that room, like there's like these white birds like flying slowly, gracefully around the ceiling. And there have been times where like I go to this other world to speak to my gods or my guides or whatever, and like nobody's there. And I it's like they're all like at work or whatever. And um instead of just being disappointed, what I'll do is I'll like 
I'll I'll use one of these birds to send a message and um, I'll, I'll send a message with one of these birds like out my window and usually I'll get a response. So usually sometimes either someone will actually show up um, or they'll just send me a letter back. Usually it's almost instantaneous, like way faster than it would be in real life, uh, <laughs> in real life where you can send slow motion birds with messages to gods and get answers. This is real life. The spiritual plane is real life. It's just not material life. Material life. But it is real life. Of course it's happening in your head, Harry. But why on earth should that mean that it isn't real? It's probably a misquote, but you know what I mean. Anyhow. Um... Audio guide, audio guide, intuition, cultural, mythological context. Um, yeah. Okay. So, like, you can you can probably guess that, like, if you are wanting to go speak to Hella, like I did last night, you might want to go to a lower world. You might want to go down the stairs when you get to the stairs, not up the stairs. Um, so that's an example of like letting your cultural context guide you if you don't have an audio guide and that's fine. Like if you know who you're going to see and you know something about them mythologically, um, you can probably have some idea of like where you might try to go to find them or how you might try to contact them. And shamanic journey like the spirit world is a lot like the room of requirement in that like if you just suddenly need a piece of paper and a pencil and a bird to send a message you'll probably find it and if you just like suddenly need to go swimming <laughs> to be in contact with water like you will find a body of water um you just have to use your sacred imagination and that's okay the trick i think is to like Imagine the resources that you need to get in touch with your intuition or with spirit. Um, and then y'all can debate amongst yourselves whether you think that intuition and spirit are separate or different or whether spirit even exists or all of those things. Y'all can go have those debates amongst yourselves. Are there comments? There's not really comments on the podcast. You can leave a review and tell me what you think of my theories. But also... Um, Give me five stars for making you think, please. <laughs> okay. Wow, she's so full of herself. Can you even believe her? Okay. Uh, when you're ready to leave, thank your guides. Say thank you to anyone who helped you, anyone who spoke with you, um, unless they're fairies, but you know the drill. If you're working, if you have the nerve to be working with fairies you probably know not to thank them um but you can still appreciate them and compliment them and stuff you know i mean do do you do you you know you suffer the consequences of your own actions and um enjoy it okay <laughs> that was that was meant to be like in favor of freedom of choice not like super passive aggressive but I, it kind of came out both ways um don't hate me or do if you want but please still leave a nice review. <laughs> okay. Um, when you're done, thank your guides. And then you can leave the way you came if you want to come out slowly. Like you can go back. If you came through the stairs in the tree, like you can go back to the tree and go back down the stairs and go back down through the layers of light and back into your body and all that jazz. <laughs> um, 
Or you can just be like, okay, I'm done. I can tell where my body is. Thanks. I can feel it. I'm going to go back to my body now. And like, poof, you're back in your body. Like coming back to your body is way easier than leaving it. Um, I'm just going to put that out there. It's way faster than leaving it. Like unrelaxing your body, you know, coming back, bringing your spirit back to your body. Like it's home, you know. But basically, you can you can take the long way home or you can take the short way home and just be like, yo, I'm back. Hey, body, it's me, honey, I'm home. Um, it's kind of nice to just start like wiggling your toes and fingers before you just like sit the fuck up or whatever. But you do you. I have definitely done it both ways. Um, <laughs> you can judge for yourself whether or not you think that's working out well for me. LOL. Okay. Um, risks. We didn't even talk about risks. We talked about benefits. We didn't talk about risks. I said I was going to talk about risks. So obviously you're dealing with spirit. Um, I will say, okay, so like one time I was trying to work with Breed, who's a super cool goddess who I really wanted to work with and who really did not want to work with me. And I didn't realize this at the time. Um, but when she literally transformed into a tiger and like clawed my chest with her paw and straight up kicked me out of my journey, um, that kind of got the message across that she didn't really want to work with me. So I have definitely been physically kicked out of a journey by a goddess before. And um, that's one of the main reasons that I don't recommend trying to work with spirits or deities who have not uh, indicated that they're willing to work with you. Um, or, uh, you know, at least, like, if 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 you go to them and they're not like, hey, yo, what's up? Like, you know, maybe give them some space. It's my recommendation. Like, I have suffered, as far as I can tell, I have suffered no long-term damage from, uh, from Breed's kick to the solar plexus, but also, like, how would I know which of the terrible things in my life are <laughs> because I fucked with the wrong goddess and which are not? I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm generally not somebody who likes to like blame external forces for the problems in my life. Like I generally prefer to take responsibility for them because at least then I can believe that I can do something about them, even if I choose not to. But yeah, you know, it's possible that it's not all me. Let's wrap this up. Okay. Um, so, you know, maybe don't try working with spirits who don't want to work with you. Um, and also, like, in addition to, like, generally positive spirits who just aren't interested in working with you, there's also, like, generally negative spirits. Like I just told you, our next episode is going to be about demon slaying. So there's definitely, I definitely felt fucking scared going back into that journey to slay those demons. Like, I, it was, it was a rough fucking nightmare man like i did not really want to go back but i felt like i had to go back i felt like that was the only correct choice was to go back so i did but i was fucking scared and i don't i don't know and i don't want to know what would have happened if i had not i don't know if things had not gone the way they went it was very successful and it wasn't even difficult but it was still scary and that should be comforting to you also to know that like regardless of how scary it was like it wasn't actually difficult what I did. Um, and again, that's next episode. So subscribe. Um, so let's talk about how you minimize the risks. Oh, and uh, so you can, you can, you can absolutely come across spirits who want to take advantage of you. 
and they may disguise themselves. They may try to get you to follow them. They may offer you something. They may try to get you to give them something. And sometimes good, helpful spirits will do this sort of thing too. And sometimes it's hard to tell right off the bat when you first meet a new entity. Is this a helping spirit or is this a trickster spirit who just wants to be tricksy and trick me? Um, and there are a number of things that you can do to minimize the risks of getting conned by an unfriendly or unhelpful spirit. Um, so the first thing is just remember the whole time that you're in this thing, you are in control. This is your mind. This is all happening inside your mind. And it's all happening, I believe it's all happening on a real spirit plane somewhere, but it's also all happening inside your mind. In, in the physical, the only way that you can experience this on the physical plane is because you have a physical brain and you are traveling places with it inside it or something like that. And you can leave at any time, right? Like we just talked about coming back to your body when you're done. You can do that at any time. You can just be like, you can just nope the fuck out and and decide, open your eyes and and come back to your physical body and not be there anymore. Um you can do that. Uh, you can also command any entity to reveal their true form at any time. So you can use a wand or your finger or a sword. like if you have a tool that you're carrying on your person in your in the spiritual realm, you can use that or you can just use your finger. Um, and I just point at them and say, I command you to reveal your true form. Also, like if I think that the spirit is probably friendly, I'll probably be like, yo, um, this is nothing personal, but like this is my basic security <laughs> check that I perform on any entity that I'm considering allying myself with. So I hope you don't mind. Um, and then I'll point at them and I'll command them to reveal their true form to me. And generally, some, one thing to note is that like, this sounds a little bit rude, but like they understand the spirit world. So like any good, positive, beneficial, helping, friendly spirit is not, going to be bothered by the fact that you're trying to protect yourself. Um, the only ones who are going to be upset at this sort of stuff is those who are not appearing honestly to you. And um, you'll see more how this turned out for me in the next episode, the last time I had to do this. But usually, in my experience, when I've commanded entities to show me their true form, they're in their true form, they are helpful, um, with the exception of the other day. Um, once you have identified one or more helping spirits um, or like spirit guides, you know, entities who are on your side, once you've identified those, if they're with you, you can ask them to like vibe check another entity or a location or a place or something, anything really in the spirit realm. You can ask them to vibe check it for you. Um, like my tiger, for example, I know when I'm riding my tiger that my tiger may take me to places that scare me, but my tiger will not take me to places that will actually harm me, that are actually dangerous for me. Like, um, I have been scared riding my tiger, but only scared for, like, what I might have to face, not for, like, actually fearing that any harm will come to me because I know that my tiger is looking out for me and is protecting me fiercely. Um, and that's, I hope that you can find a guide that you can trust like that. Um, you can also shield yourself beforehand. So I think I said this, but like with the work that I 
usually do. I'm not usually concerned about unpleasant spirits or or energy shielding. Like usually I'm just going to talk to my normal guides in my normal place and it's all positive and friendly and I trust it. Um, so I'm not worried about this. But the other day I certainly did this and I can I suspect that in the future I'll be doing more work where I am more concerned about unpleasant spirits. Um, so when that is something that I concern, I'm concerned about, I'll, I'll shield myself. Um, you can do this inside the journey by making sure that you're wearing white, which is reflective of darkness, or um, you can wear actual armor, which is this is just something that you take the time to visualize before you go um, do whatever it is you're going to do. Um, or you can, you know, you can wear whatever makes you feel most powerful and comfortable and protected. Um, also in my physical body, before I go into the journey, uh, lately I will shield myself with white Angelica, which is just my absolute favorite energy shielding, um, thing. It's plant magic. It's an oil blend. Um, and it is amazing for raising the vibe and creating an energetic shield. So I'll just like rub a couple drops on my hand and then just like pat myself down my full body with it and i just i i feel a lot better and just it's like wearing an armor a full body armor made of white light is what it's like um demons ain't gonna mess with that shit that's all i gotta say okay um you can also anoint yourself with moon water which has protective properties because of the reflective properties um and of course, most importantly, call upon your gods, your guides, your guardians, your helping spirits to guide, guard, and protect you. I'm here with you beside you to guard you and to guide you. That's what your spirit guide said. They told me. They sent me a letter, sent me a text, sent me a voice message, and that's what it said. You can also wear a protective amulet or adorn yourself with protective runes or sigils or symbols. Um, you could do this in the physical world or in the spiritual world or both. So, um, like you can you can physically put on like protective jewelry or inscribe protective symbols onto your body before you go into the journey, um, and or you can like when you get to the other world, you can kind of take the time to visualize yourself protected with these things. Um, and like I said, I'm going to do an episode on runes for protection soon. So hit subscribe if you want to know. And then if you're nervous, so like, again, like I come back to the main point of like, you are in charge. You are the most powerful thing here because it all takes place on your territory and the territory of your mind. So you can end this whole game whenever you want. Um, and you you have you stand to benefit if you carry it through. But if something is threatening you and you need to know that you can end it, you can end it. You can walk away at any time. Um, but if you are feeling nervous about that, if you're feeling powerless, if you're not feeling powerful, if you're not feeling in charge, if you're not feeling large and in charge, um, before you go in, start with some mirror affirmations just to affirm your personal power. So you can start just by looking in the mirror in the physical realm and just just saying things like I claim my power like I have a right to my personal power I have a right to have boundaries I have a right to say no I have a right to walk away from a situation that doesn't serve me um, I have the power to walk away from a situation that doesn't serve me you know you can say that sort of thing to the mirror make eye contact with yourself so that you believe yourself when you say it and you know that you're fucking serious um, and then you know go in with that much more power okay that's it, guys. 
that's the whole, that's, that's the episode. That's the lesson. So we're going to dive into some resources that I have for you, some of which I've mentioned, um, but I'm just going to like put them all in one place here for you. Um, Mercia Eliad's book, Shamanism, Archaic Techniques of Ecstasy. That one's really good for like a comparative analysis of shamanic practices, techniques, cultures from around the world. Um, Raven Caldera's websites. There's obviously there's like ravencaldera.com.org. I don't know. Um, there's northernshamanism.org. There's northern, well, northernpaganism.org is, is also their website, but probably not like what you're looking for here. Um, there's also like the Northern Tradition Shamanism Guild has their own website. Also, Raven Caldera has written a bunch of books. I just ordered one or two of them, but I haven't actually read them. I've read a lot of excerpts from them because they're all over the websites. Um, but if that's something that you're interested in digging into, go for it. Um, I'm going to have a lot of these things linked on the webpage too. If you head over to vervainandtheroses.com slash shamanic journey, I'm going to have all of these resources, probably some Amazon affiliate links, um, and just links to other websites and stuff, um, as well as links to get the plant magic that I've talked about. Um, all those things will be linked on that page, vervainandtheroses.com slash shamanic journey. Um, yeah, I have a couple other books in my personal library. I want to like review them real quick and see if I really feel like I can recommend them, but I, I may list some other books on there. Um, I'll link some audio stuff, some audio meditation. Like a, I'll, I'll link you the first guided meditation that I ever did, which is the Lillian Eden Meet Your Spirit Guide one. Um, I'll link you some drumming tracks on YouTube. Um, I might, <laughs> we'll see, I might create a guided meditation of my own. Um, if I do, maybe it'll show up as a bonus episode or it'll show up on that page on my website, vervainandtheroses.com slash shamanic journey. That's not a promise that I'm going to do that, but um, that's an idea. It's something that I would like to do. It's something that I've wanted to do for a long time. So we'll see what I get to. Um, and I'll, I'll go through some of my my own like bookmarks and stuff. And if I find anything else helpful, I'll link that in the show on that page on my website and possibly in the show notes as well. So um check that out. Uh, if you have any questions or concerns before or after trying this for yourself, you can totally schedule a divinatory coaching session with me. We can talk about it over some cards and things. Um, we can talk about like what's concerning you or, or what your questions are. Maybe talk about like additional ways that you can prepare or protect yourself or like develop relation, you know, like maybe like what, what might be good goals for you when you're going in to do this type of work or, or how to help you be successful in this type of work. Those are all sorts of things that we can talk about in a divinatory coaching session. Um, also, totally unrelated to shamanic journeying, we can have a divinatory coaching session about anything that you feel you could use some guidance on. Um, it's my goal with those sessions to empower you to make the best decisions for yourself. Like A lot of people come to me with disempowering questions. If you listen to episode one, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, and it's my goal to help you realize where you're unknowingly a lot, a lot of time often where you are unknowingly giving away your power and to help you kind of take that back um, and and get the information that you need, get the intuitive guidance that you need to feel good making the decisions that you need to make to take charge of your life and level up and move forward and, you know, proceed up the spiral instead of just going in circles, you know, the good stuff. 
Um, so yeah, if that interests you, go ahead and schedule a divinatory coaching session with me. I have a couple sessions like available on my website where you can just like book that time, or you can also message me on Instagram at Vervain and the Roses, and we can talk about um like other times that might work for both of us. Do, 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 do. Oh yeah, if you want some plant magic to support your shamanic practices, or you just want plant magic for other things, or you just want to be a part of oil coven because oil coven is awesome, and you want to come to all of our moon circles and stuff. Um, if you want any of that, frankincense, surrender, white angelica, any of that good stuff, again, head on over to my website, vervainandtheroses.com/slash-shamanic-journey. Okay. So that's it for the additional resources. Check the show notes for the links that you need or head on over to that link that I keep shouting at you, that I keep repeating in your ear that you've probably memorized by now. If you haven't yet, it's vervainandtheroses.com slash shamanic journey. Woo! The woo is not part of the URL, just so we're clear on that. All right, guys, it's time for the homework. You ready for some homework? Did you do last week's homework? You better do this week's homework. It's going to be fun. And if you haven't done last week's homework yet, we're only two episodes in. Go back. If you haven't listened to episode one, go back and listen to episode one. Do the homework for episode one. And then also do the episode two homework. Um, They would actually go really well together. Actually, dude, you can totally do that homework for episode one, which is doing the worksheet to create an empowering question. And then use that question as the question that you're going to ask your spirit guides on your shamanic journey for your homework this week. So this week, the first thing in your homework is you're going to subscribe, rate, and review. So subscribe to this podcast or follow or whatever button is on the platform you're using. And I would really appreciate if you would head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review. Not because I use Apple Podcasts, not because you use Apple Podcasts. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But because Apple Podcasts is really like the platform that matters the most for getting your podcast out there and heard and appreciated and helping to bring magic to the masses of people who are just looking for something like this and can't find it because not enough people have rated and reviewed and subscribed to it. So the first part of your homework, subscribe, rate, review. Preferably a nice five-star rating and a very kind review. But, you know, if you have other opinions, that's okay, too. We take all kinds here. The second part of your homework is go on a shamanic journey. Set an intention. If you've never done this before, your intention can just be to meet your guide and hear any messages they have for you. You can also ask them any specific questions you have for them, such as a question that you developed using the worksheet from last week's homework, for example. Um, visit one of the other worlds using the techniques that you learned during this episode and journey according to your intention. Uh, the next part of your homework is once you've done that journey, record your experience, like journal, journal it out or record it into a voice note, whatever. Um, and then tell me how it goes. You don't have to tell me the whole thing. You can tell me the whole thing. That would be really cool if you feel like sharing all of that. Um, but I would just love to know like how it goes for you. Did you have a lot of trouble? Um, were you able to get in? Were you able to visit the other world? Did you have a positive experience? Did you have a negative experience? Do you need additional support? Um, do you need additional resources? Did you... I just want to know what your experience was like. Even if you're not successful, I still want to know what your experience was like. And I would love to help you like try to be more successful the second time or the third time or however many times um, because this is such a powerful practice if you can get the hang of it. And it, it, it does... It can take a little bit to get the hang of it and to it can take a little bit of practice to get into the other world and to get into the trance state and to successfully 
travel to other worlds, but it is so worth it. It is so helpful. Um, it's been it's been a hugely beneficial part of my practice. Um, I would not be the witch that I am without it, and I I really recommend this for for anyone for anyone looking to grow their practice. So um, I would still I would love to hear about your experience with your first journey, however it goes, or your first attempted journey, whatever. Um, do make sure you will have to set aside some time to do this. Like you will have to set aside. I would I would really suggest at least an hour. Um, and make sure that you won't be disturbed also. I didn't mention that before, but do make sure that you'll have peace. Like if you have to tell someone you're taking a nap, I don't recommend lying, but you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Um, or, I mean, I straight up tell my husband, I'm like, yo, I'm going to be journeying. So like, you can come in here, but like, don't fucking talk to me and like, please don't touch me. <laughs> or sometimes my husband goes to bed early. I'll just like journey in bed next to him. He's asleep and I'm not. And that works too. So, you know, whatever works for you. Um, but take a journey. Tell me about it. You can tell me about it. You can contact me through the contact form on my website or via email at vervainhellsdaughter at gmail.com. That's going to be in the show notes. Um, or this is probably the best on if you're contacting me about the homework, uh, message me on Instagram at welcome to magic school. Or if you're contacting me about anything else, message me on Instagram at vervain and the roses. Um, if it's specifically related to the podcast, message me at Welcome to Magic School. If it's not specifically related to the podcast, message me at Vervain and the Roses. Or, you know, do what you want to do. It's up to you. I can't control you. You make your own decisions. Okay. Also, please, 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 please. Public service announcement. Please actually do the homework. It's so easy when we're new to something to think that we have to learn absolutely everything about it before we even start. And I know how tempting that is. I've been there. I've been that person. But ready is a lie. And the perfect time to start never arrives. The longer you wait to start, the more you're going to wish that you had just gone and started today. When there's work to be done in the spirit world or the material world, it's easy and it's tempting to distract ourselves from it by diving deep into studying and learning about the things that we need to do. When the truth is, we wouldn't spend half that time studying if we weren't doing it actively to avoid, if we weren't doing it to actively avoid taking action where it really counts. So I invite you to take action today and actually do the homework instead of just binge listening or buying a bunch of books. You can buy the books and keep listening after you do the homework. I'm not going to stop you from buying books. I'm not going to stop you from binge listening. Just do the homework. You can always learn more, but I've given you everything you need to get started. All the links are right there at vervainandtheroses.com slash shamanic journey. Okay, I hope you learned something new today. If you did, I would love it if you would take a moment to share what you learned on Instagram and tag at Welcome to Magic School so that someone else can benefit from your learning too. If you haven't yet, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Welcome to Magic School on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you can stay up to date and be a part of helping other witches expand their magical knowledge. Thank you so, so much for listening. Have an absolutely magical day, and I'll see you next week on Welcome to Magic School, where you'll learn how to level up every aspect of your life and make your everyday magical one step at a time with magic that works. Bye.